Hey, everybody. We've got a first here on the podcast today. We have never had a follow-up interview with the next of kin of one of our featured veterans, but we have that for you today. You may recall Keith Muntz, the 100-year-old veteran who fought outside of Metz, France, and was taken prisoner in his first battle, spending the rest of the war as a POW. Well, his grandson, Tony Vestal, reached out to us, and we have a follow-up conversation with him that we'd love for you to hear. All right. Well, we're here today with Tony Vestal. He is the grandson of Mr. Keith Muntz. And uh, you, you may have heard the Keith Muntz series recently. Um, Keith was um, a, in the U.S. Army and he was in the 377th Infantry Regiment, part of the 95th Infantry Division. And uh, you may recall he was a staff sergeant and he fought near Metz, France. And uh, unfortunately, on his very first uh, unit action, was taken prisoner um, um, there outside of, of Le, Le Maisiers, Le Metz, France. So um, we got a great uh, email from Tony, Keith's grandson here, Tony Vestal. And um, Tony and I, uh, Tony Lupo and I, I just kind of thought we would give him a call and just kind of get a little bit more background on Keith. And, you know, Tony, I, um, I had never met your, your grandfather until the very the day I interviewed him. And um, I had heard a lot about him. You know, I have uh, some relatives in Greenfield, and they were all telling me, oh, you need to come interview this guy. He's 100 years old. He's a World War II veteran. And so I'm like, okay, well, when I'm home next, which was Christmas of, uh, I mean, gosh, I guess it's been over a year now, sure. um, then uh, I'd like to interview him. And so got it set up and through your mom, Doris. Right. And, um, and it just a super nice guy. I mean <laughs> – you know, for a hundred-year-old guy, I mean, to be that jovial and nice, always had a smile on his face. It was just really heartwarming to get to sit there and talk with him. Yeah, well, and and that was the reason I sent you the email was just to thank you for doing that because, like I said, you know, these World War II vets are are you know dwindling, unfortunately, and and to get that firsthand account, uh, it's a good thing that you guys are doing this for sure. So, mm-hmm. so so I'll just call you. Uh, uh, Vestal, you can call me Lupo. There's two Tonys here. Um, so, did did your grand did did your grandfather did he always have that really big, deep, baritone, throaty laugh and voice? Well, the, the laugh, I think, and and all of my cousins and my brother and so on and so forth can uh, attest to this. He 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 liked to laugh. He was uh, I well, I never saw him get mad at anything for sure um so you got to hear even at 100 years old his his laugh uh for sure he was uh he was a good spirited man for sure so Mm -hmm. you could tell and did you know did did you know that he fought in world war ii when you were did when you were a little kid when did you learn that he was a veteran of world war ii well yeah i guess growing up yeah you know my mom had, had told stories of course and and we and I think my mom could probably attest to this a little bit more. I think any of those guys that came back, even when she was a kid, uh, they didn't talk much about it. You know, uh, PTSD was not a thing then. Of course, it was a thing, but it wasn't diagnosed. And you got to imagine those kids really coming back from that um, didn't really talk too much about it. And and she'll tell you, you know, later on in life, it was like open up a spigot. Um, he just started talking about it and kind of getting that. Um, after suppressing that, I'm sure, I'm sure for so many years. So yeah, I, I would say as I was, you know, elementary grade school, um, junior high started hearing more. And then of course you have the, the written 
uh, biography, of course, uh, uh, which we do as well. So it was good for him to actually put that down on paper when he was, you know, had the memories, of course, at that age. Sure. Uh, so it, well, I was, was going to ask you if, if perhaps does did he have any more of a detailed account? Did he have a diary that he kept or anything? No, that not time? that I'm aware of. I mean, what he put together is is what I've seen and what I have, and and he gave to my mom, and I've kind of edited it a little bit and cleaned it up a little bit myself. But um, outside of that, of course, you know, you would hear, he would occasionally talk about it. And later on in life, he would certainly talk a little bit more about it for sure. So mm -hmm. as far as the diary, that I don't know. Uh, but what he sat down and wrote is is what we have anyway. Okay. So about how old were you when you realized that, you know, your grandfather did fight in World War II and what were your thoughts about that? The reason I ask is my grandfather fought in World War II, and as a little kid, sure. uh, I used to love listening to him tell me stories about his time in the Navy and stuff. I mean, did you guys have any of those moments? Yeah, a little bit. I would say late grade school into junior high and then, of course, into high school um, where you would hear things. And, and that's one of the reasons I reached out to you guys is, you know, you, you hear the stories – but then you guys are really delving more into, you know, the archives and, and everything that happened around that. Uh, that really gives you a little bit more perspective on what happened. Uh, so, yeah, I would say probably late grade school, fourth, fifth grade or, or whatnot. So that was about mm -hmm. the same age for me as well. Uh, yeah. TV, Tony Vestal <laughs> was, uh, was about, <laughs> about that age, too, is when I was old enough to appreciate that. You know, something else about your grandfather that really struck Ryan and I was he had such a kind heart. He talked about having empathy for the Germans and the right. guards and those those poor buggers, he called them, that had to stand out there. And I'm like, you're a POW. You're talking about losing all this weight and being malnourished and freezing your butt off. Is it, Was that just something that he was that, – that was, is that Keith? Is that who he is? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I've never seen him – be mad and you talked about you know in his later life with the garden and you know uh taking tomatoes and cucumbers to everybody else um no that's just that's the month's way that's all we've ever known um just kind-hearted people uh, farm or farm folks uh midwest of course and uh, you know i think that just kind of goes with the territories so to have that sympathy like you said for um somebody that's keeping you captured obviously yeah. is would be a hard pill to swallow nowadays yes. for sure. Uh, so yeah. no, I think that just is a testament to, you know, his kind hearted spirit and my grandmother as well. I mean, they were both uh, just good Midwest farm folk that uh, would do anything for anybody. So, so, so do you have any stories or recollections that he's told you about his time that maybe wasn't covered in the interview that, that I did with him? You know, not outside of that. I mean, pretty much what you guys captured is what we have heard over the years um, it, and really goes right along with his autobiography, uh, so to speak. So there, there's nothing really. I, I think he, you know, of course, he was 100 when you, you know, interviewed him. So yeah. the mind is slipping, obviously, at that time. Uh, so what he captured is pretty much what we've heard as well. Um, you know, the, the Jim Collins getting shot and so on and so forth. Um, nothing to, and I don't think he really wanted to go too deep into, you know, well, you guys really dove into the, the prison camp, which I didn't, you know, I, you think of deplorable conditions, obviously, and so on and so forth, but didn't really get too deep into that as well. So I think what you heard and, and what we've read, um, 
are pretty much what he wanted to share, and and that's what we well, that's what we have. So, well, you mentioned the prison camp, and he always talked about being cold and hungry, <laughs> and it was. I, I was just wondering as. Knowing what you know now and, and knowing who, you know, your grandfather and grandmother are, um, did you, did you see maybe some of that, that, did you see him kind of not be wasteful, you know, be really, is that why he grew a garden? I mean, did you see maybe some of the impact of his experience and his deprivations as a POW as, as a grown man, as you got to know him? One hundred. Uh, it's been passed down the line for sure. Um, we, if, if you left anything on your plate, I remember, and my mom will tell you this. I, I, I'm not a bit. I don't eat peas, but I had peas on my plate, and I sat there for two hours until I had to finish those peas. Um, <laughs> as a kid, so I think that definitely got passed down, and, and my mom will probably laugh at this, but. Uh, no, nothing went to waste. Uh, as a matter of fact, in my email that I sent you, he had knee surgery. Oh, this has been probably 25 years ago, and it was in the hospital. And so myself, my mom, uh, several, my grandmother went up to see him in the hospital as he was recovering. And uh, we're talking, and he pulls out a drawer, and he has crackers and these little jelly packets. And he says, here, Juanita, send the, you take these home, take these home. You know, so there was absolutely zero that went to waste. Um, even today, I, you know, my kid, I'm the, uh, if there's leftovers, I'm usually the one eating those, unfortunately. But <laughs> Uh, but so, not no, I think that was definitely taught, you know, the rest of the kids, Don and Doris and, and down the line, um, respect what you have and don't let anything go to waste, especially when it comes to food. So we ate well. And if you didn't eat it, it's going to be in the refrigerator the next day. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to eat it one way or the other. That's right. So. <clears throat> Well, that's great. Um, so uh, I, I understand that your mom inherited the the Zeiss, or those those binoculars, those field binoculars. Yeah, that's what so she said. So do you yeah. have you uh, do do you actually by any chance do you have them there? I'd love to see them. I, I don't know. She would no. have them at her house. No, okay. uh, I, I've seen them before. You know, I've uh, he showed us, but uh, that that's quite the story as well. Uh, for them to just you know hand everything over and. Right. One day you're the, the, the prisoner, the next day they're basically your beck and call. So that, that was yeah. kind of part of the story that really uh, hit home anyway for us. It's, it's like, uh, you know, just the, the change of an hour or a day or whatnot. And you're going from being the prisoner to uh, them being your buddies, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's quite so, something. <clears throat> so one of the things that Ryan and I really enjoyed about, you know, when we were collecting these interviews you know, forget about the podcast, but even just the interviews mm -hmm. is it was important for us to not only, you know, send them to the library of Congress, which is where Keith's interview is now, but right. also to, you know, provide a DVD or some record of it for the family. Because so often, as you've already mentioned, the veteran won't or doesn't talk about their experiences. And oftentimes the family members don't, um, really fully understand maybe ever some of the experiences they went through. Um, and so when Ryan said that you reached out, cause every time we do a podcast, I always have this idea. It's like, gosh, it would be so cool if their grandkids or their son or their daughter, you know, w knew that we did this, you know, cause we don't have a way to stay connected to these individuals. So right. do you, do you think that, you know, with the, the podcast and the story and everything has that, is that kind of a helpful resource for your family going forward? Something to point to if people want to know more about them? 100%. Absolutely. I, you know, especially coming from their own mouth, you know, you can, 
There's other podcasts. Uh, I'm assuming that you know we'll, we'll, we'll go back to the Civil War. Obviously, those guys aren't around. So you know you've got your your history daily and so on and so forth that are actually you can learn. But to hear it from somebody's own mouth is a different story. Uh, and like I said, uh, these guys are, are are dwindling, unfortunately. But no, absolutely. I uh, you know I know all my family has listened uh, for sure, and it's a little bit uh, you know I mean. It's 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 just a neat thing to hear. Unfortunately, you know, like I said, he was at a hundred, and you could tell that uh, he he'd slipped obviously since then um, versus eighty to a hundred. But uh, no, absolutely, I think it's a great thing and uh, needs to be documented because that is the greatest generation, obviously. So we to have that recorded and uh, is is good for for us for sure. It- you know, Tony and I um, spent quite a bit of time last night with some some friends of Tony's here that listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, um, and we spent three hours just talking about the impact that that generation has had on our country. Um, you know, on what you know, individual, you know, especially you know, men try to aspire to. You know, because mm-hmm. I think the the World War II veterans. Um, uh, are a, a role model for a lot of people, you know, as far as how to act and what sort of code of ethics you should have and everything. Um, so it has been, uh, it, it, it's always an endless source of conversation, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Cause you can go on for hours looking at what these guys did, uh, looking at what they went through, what they endured, what their, their, um, their morals were and everything. And, uh, you know, I just listening to to your to Keith, you know, talking about, uh, you know, how they were rescuing the the guys there before, right before they got that got captured and everything, and uh, uh, it was just uh, pretty poignant stuff. You know, I guess right. is trying what I'm I'm trying to say and everything, but yeah. Um, and in my email that I sent to you, um, you, you talked about the uh, the parade that that Greenfield put on for him. So after that. There was another gentleman from Carrollton, which I'm sure you know where that is, um, had come over and he was in World War II. So they just basically. What's, what's his name? What's his I'll name? have to get that from mom. I, I didn't know him. Um, is he a banker? I, was he a banker? I Because I, he reached out to me and your your grandfather told me about him. It might and, be. And I've tried to get back in touch with him. He sent me a message through Facebook. I tried to get back in touch with him and I've not heard back from him. Okay. Because I'd love to interview him. Because right, he's yeah. like, oh, I didn't really do much, but he was on like Okinawa, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and- I, I know that he was in the Pacific for sure. So you know, they were on opposite sides of of the world pretty much. But um, I'll get that for you. I know that she has it. I, I didn't know the gentleman, but it was just amazing that they were just. And my daughter at the time, she really soaks this in. I, they just came back from a Washington D.C. trip and and oh, cool. Uh, talked her ear off about it, but uh, she, you know. It, just to sit there and listen to those those guys just talk about their experience and whatnot. I'm like, this is something you'll never learn in a history book. So it was it was kind of nice to yeah. see. So so something I'd like to know, and maybe you don't know this. Some people, you know, dig in their family trees more than others. So if you don't, it's okay. But I'd like to know a bit more about, you know, how the Munts family got here. Keith talked about you know, him having that German last name and he's being interrogated and they're like, Hey, you're German. What's going on? And, and he sure. talked about his family coming from that region. Could you tell us a little bit about maybe the Munts family, how they settled in Illinois? 
I wish I could, to be honest okay. with you. I haven't sat down and, and did my homework as well either um, at, at Ancestry.com. Now, on the other side, the Vestal side and so on and so forth, I can definitely dig into that. Um, other than the fact that, yes, Munz is a German name, I don't know if it would have been his grandparents or great-grandparents. That I'm not quite sure of, to be quite honest with you. So, That's unfortunately, fair. I can't get too much on that one. That's fair. And what sort of things did Keith like to do outside of work? What were his hobbies? You know, uh, to be honest with you, in his later years, gardening. I mean, yeah. you can't take the farmer out of the farmer for, for sure, whether it's at a larger scale or a smaller scale. Um, you know, I've lived all over the country after college in St. Louis and Florida and Texas and so on and so forth. And anytime my parents would visit, of course, they would he would send them with uh, tomatoes and cucumbers and whatever galore, uh, sweet corn for crying out loud. So that was really, I mean, his, his passion, I think, uh, in his later years until he couldn't do it. Uh, and he was even doing that up until shoot, I'll have to check with mom, but uh, close to 90, I would say. Um, so that was his big thing in his early days, uh, him, of course he farmed. And then my grandmother, uh, they started a catering business, so they they would cater weddings and whatnot. My grandmother would make massive wedding cakes that were elaborate and so on and so forth. So they worked that together, um, kind of That's as a great. side gig, I guess you could call it. But uh, uh, between that and, of course, uh, the gardening and canning and so on and so forth, uh, uh, those were the... Uh, they're they're big things for sure. So. It was food and farming. We're starting to see a theme here. Farming. So we never we never went home hungry. That's for sure. <laughs> so, and I guess another question I have for you, really quick, and then I'll let Ryan talk. I've kind of bogarted these last few questions. Is can you can you send us any uh, pictures of Keith and and uh, and your grandmother when they were maybe younger and on the farm? Oh, we absolutely. have a. Yeah, we have a website that we dedicate to everyone we feature in our podcast, and we have Keith Muntz on there and all that. I'd like to put those on there so people can see the young Keith Muntz. Yep, I've got a lot. As a matter of fact, we had put together, I think it was for their 60th wedding anniversary, we kind of assembled all these pictures and put a DVD together with, uh, you know, music and so, I, and I do still have those, so I'll shoot those over for sure. That, yeah. That'd be great. We'll put them on the good looking. He was a good looking man in his younger years, that's for sure. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I wish that's I got cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it, well, he, I think he was kind of tall for his age too, wasn't he? I thought he was yeah, six foot or uh, something. I, at least six foot, I want to say, yeah, so. Yeah. Which would have been tall for someone back in the Great Depression. Yeah. Yeah. No, I and, and I understand I understand from your mom, Tony, that uh that they fixed the headstone, correct? Yeah, I haven't been out there, but uh, when she told me that, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> how do you get that wrong? So. <laughs> and they got it really but wrong. I was happy to hear that they fixed it. So yeah. Yeah. But, what date did they uh, have yeah. on there? I, well, was it was it a wrong end date or a wrong yeah, year? Yeah, twenty two oh two was the year. Yeah, 2022, yeah. they had twenty two oh two. Yeah, so that's really yeah. wrong. That's really wrong. <laughs> that's a bit off. Uh, so no, but you know, we we had the funeral, of course, and it was a nice service. Um, he well, it's kind of a testament to the person he was. Quite the turnout as well. Um, you know, and personally, I've never been to a military funeral, so that was kind of moving to you know just kind of see that and, uh, and so yeah. on and so okay. forth. But 
Yeah, the whole town certainly knew who Keith Muntz was, that's for sure. Uh, both Keith and Juanita, um, both active through the church and the community and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, if I make it to 100, I, I doubt it. But <laughs> it's my testament uh, Well, I interviewed uh, your Uncle Don uh, yeah. also. Okay. And we'll be doing a series on him in the future. Oh, so Very we'll good. we'll get part of uh, part of the Munts family documented here. It sounds like so. Yeah. Well, um, and his good. story his story is really powerful. Um, of course, you know with what he went through in Vietnam, what he's endured the rest of his life here and stuff. So yeah, oh um, good. I'm glad. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I'm I'm glad you did. We you know my dad was in Vietnam and so was Don and. My brother was in the military. I didn't go military route, but uh, yeah, we've got quite the quite the d- tradition within the family as far as that. Some good, some bad, obviously, as far as outcomes. But uh, yeah, oh, that's that's awesome. Okay, I, I just have one more question for him, Ryan, for for Tony. Sure. Go so for it. we ask veterans when they think back on their history or their time in World War II. You know what 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 sort of sticks out the most? I'm going to ask you a similar question, but when you think back. On your grandfather, on Keith Muntz, what what sticks out the most? What's the what's the memory or memories that are most common that you think of? You know, I, I think just growing up, uh, you know, as a kid, you're well. Number one, you're 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 proud of your parents and your grandparents, and and uh, you know, saying that everybody says, "Oh, cool," you know, he was a he was a POW. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, it's cool now, I guess, but it wasn't so cool at the time uh, for those guys or those kids going through that. Uh, but just knowing that, you know, uh, that they had been through that and for us not to know the brevity of that until, like I said, you guys really diving deep into more of the, the history and, and the archives and whatnot around that, um, you know, and then you, 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 you start to think, well, man, if he, you know, there were thousands of those kids that didn't make it out there. If he hadn't made it out there, I wouldn't be around. So, yeah, yeah. Um, That's for to them to it. endure that and to go through that is is it's amazing, really. Um, it, it's not cool, but it, it it's also it's it's a part of history, obviously. So, no, I I would say around that piece of it for sure. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, um, I don't have any more questions. We just wanted to kind of touch base with you, Tony, and sure. just get, get um, you know, Keith's grandson on here just to kind of follow up. It'd be a nice, this will be a nice little bookend to his story. So well, I appreciate Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. For, you know, like I said in my email to you for doing this, uh, it's somebody's got to keep that alive and I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're doing it while, while we can for sure. Hey, so. Hey, did, um, on your daughter's trip to DC, did they play the, they the podcast? Didn't end up, um, they read the biography, I think, cause she wanted me okay. to send that to her. So I sent that to her. So that was a little bit less, you know, it was still, sure. you know, a long biography. So I think they read that, but uh, they didn't end up playing the show, uh, okay. unfortunately, but, um, uh, they had such a pact. If you saw the itinerary and what they did, it was just they were up at the crack of dawn and seeing everything. Wow. And everything. But she came back with a lot of good stories. Uh, and I'm glad she did. I, my parents had took me and my brother uh, when we were her age, 14, to D.C. And the, I, rem- I, I remember that. You know, it's it's uh, it's as a kid coming. Well, we live in northeast Iowa now, so we're in a pretty small town. So for to go from New Hampshire, Iowa to D.C., it's kind of a during uh, <laughs> eye-opening experience, I guess. Yeah. So one of the things I like to do, um, you know, we've got the uncut, uh, you know, full-length 
Uh, and we've got, oh, I think this was like a three episode, um, yep. you know, series we did, but we've also got it as an uncut full length interview. Okay. What I'll do is I'll send you a link for you to download that. So you guys always have that okay. for your family and you can share it however you like with your family sure. members, of course, that way you guys can have that for your own family history and everything. Okay. No, I appreciate that. No, okay. absolutely. Great. All right. Well, Tony uh, Lupo, do you have anything else? No, this, I tell you what. Uh, the having you reach out to us, it means more to Ryan and I than you'll ever know. Ryan and I put a lot of work into this podcast. It's yeah. a it's a passion project, and there are times where we wonder if we're connecting with people, and <laughs> you know what I'm saying because you just don't know. You drop sure. this podcast, yeah. you see the downloads, you see the cities, and you see, and it's growing. The podcast is doing really well, but you don't you don't really know how you're connecting. And I, right. I can't think of anyone that I'd want us to be able to connect with more than relatives of these people yeah, that we're featuring absolutely. on our podcast. To have people like you and grandsons and daughters and stuff stumble across it in some way and and listen to it. So I want to thank you for reaching out to us, and it uh, it keeps us going. So thank you. Oh, good. No, absolutely. Yeah. Again, thanks for doing this, and I I, I know that the rest of the family and cousins and everything else have, have listened. So. Uh, uh, it's, it's definitely a good testament to, to those guys that served. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please remember to subscribe to our premium content. If you'd like to hear the uncut series of each veteran as they're published, just go to our Facebook page and look for the premium subscriber link to sign up. Thanks again.